for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 308 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And buddy, do we have some shit I'm excited to talk about this week. Oh yeah. Ooh. Me too. Like serious Star Wars dream come true type shit to talk about this week. Um, I feel like 2021 is going to go down as pretty good year for my personal Star Wars wish list, if I'm being right. completely honest with you. <clears throat> um, so yeah, this week we're going to be talking, obviously, about the uh, episode of Bad Batch. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Visions, which we finally got a look at this past weekend. We're going to be talking about the Star Wars Vision tie-in novel Ronin, and a little book of Boba Fett news. So lots of fun stuff to talk about. I'm pretty, ho pretty hyped on the stuff this week to be completely oh, yeah. honest with you. <clears throat> Before we get into that though, buddy, how was your week? Um, my week was crazy. Oh, uh, really? Had my wife's brother came over and brought his four kids and his wife and they, we had like a 4th of July pool party and nice. they came the night before and so it was just crazy you know six kids in the house like it was insane like Oof. and then you know dealing with all them in the pool in the backyard me feeding everybody it was just uh it was a busy busy little fourth yeah yeah i hear you buddy that's that's a lot of kids yeah you know yeah I'm not the greatest with kids, so that would have been a lot for me, too. I think that's all in your head. I think you're pretty good with kids. Well, it's not that, like, I don't like kids and that kids don't... Some kids don't like me. Like, I think the wheelchair and stuff freaks them out. Um, and then, like, it's always, like, you know, my nephew Jackson. It took him a mm -hmm. while to come around on liking me. For the first little while when Jesse and I would go to visit... 
he would just scream the minute he saw me. Just the yeah, minute really. I came in the door, he'd start screaming. So, yeah, that'll definitely hurt your self esteem. Yeah, yeah, and and then you know my whole family's like, well, if you shaved the beard, it's probably that big beard. If you shaved the beard, he might like you better. Sorry, it's kid. You don't come around that often. Sorry, no, kid. No, no. You're just gonna have to get used to the beard because yeah, right. I ain't making that sacrifice. Honestly, um, it wasn't till around your wedding, around that time, that he finally started turning around on me a little bit, where he liked me a little better. And now we're cool. But yeah, like real young kids, I, I don't know, man. They're just like, what is this fucking monster that just came through the door? No way. Only thing I, I so. only defense I have right now is screaming. Um, hey, I just want to give a quick shout out. To all the people that reached out to me after last week's episode with their own personal fucking oopsie poopsie stories of shitting their pants. You could even say a couple of them were acolytes of shitting their own pants. So it was nice to hear from them. You know, it made me feel like maybe I wasn't so alone. So yeah, thanks guys. I appreciate that. It was, it was quite a few people. Hey, and if you have stories of pooping your pants, to share why don't you follow us on twitter twitch and instagram at blue harvest pod and uh if you want to listen to us even more of us if you really enjoy the show and you want to support us you can sign up for a patreon there is a hundred percent less talk of pants pooping on that patreon from what i can remember mm, maybe 75 maybe 70 to 85 percent less <laughs> I can't guarantee. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, and I, I can't remember any, but it's been a couple of years, and like I said a couple of weeks ago, there's over 200 pieces of content on our Patreon now. So, yeah, you're it probably... It is entirely possible. It is very possible. Pants. It's very possible. Um, but if you're interested in our Patreon, you sign up, you get access to our, uh, RS, our, our exclusive Patreon feed, and you'll get access to all the bonus shows. In fact, we just posted a brand new episode of Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom and I talking about uh, Star Wars Republic Commando. The closest thing to a Bad Batch video game that you can get right now. Um, I've also been doing my immediate reactions to all the Bad Batch episodes. Those go up um, as, soon as, as soon as I get done watching the episode when, it's coming, when it comes out. We've got Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Jaws, uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast, Podula Rasa, um, Blue Harvest Adventures, and so much more. There's a lot of stuff up there. Uh, and so if you're interested, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And big shout out to and all our patrons. for all of you people that are patrons. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Thank you. So, buddy, um, look, I have been seeing a lot of people excited about Star Wars Visions over the past I can see week. Yeah, and and you know there, of course, as with anything in Star Wars, you know there have been the people that have been downers on it or complaining. But I just want to bask for a little bit, if you guys don't mind, because I feel like since very early on. In the inception of this podcast, there's been one thing yes. that Will and I have talked about wanting, and also that I have talked about wanting 
with our buddy Aaron Boyd, friend of the podcast, and that is anime-inspired Star Wars. And, of course, we get the announcement last December about Star Wars Visions. There's a little piece of, like, key art along with the uh, announcement, but not much more. We don't have any idea of the studios working on it. We don't have any idea of, like, the format, the release schedule, anything like that. Just that it's coming. And so, you know, that in itself was exciting. But finally, this past weekend on Saturday, uh, during the online anime expo we got a look at star wars visions and i am hyped for it my goodness can i not wait for this now that we've seen it um so uh they released an official sort of first look video that's like three minutes or so that just sort of goes over the concept and shows a little bit a bit of each uh short and what they're all about and the studios working on them. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of that video? I thought it was really, uh, gave me the tingles. It really excited me because, you know, you can really tell, you know, they were given the hands-off ability to do their vision. And uh, that's what you want. You know, when you trust somebody, you know, in their creative ability, you want to let them just go at it. And I'm looking forward very much to all of those different kinds of stories that are going to be told with their little Star Wars tent. Yeah, and like, okay, so the one complaint I've seen from people, uh, and peace and love, peace and love, I find it to be a little bit silly, uh, is that, um, you know, they've stated that this isn't necessary. These, these anime short films aren't necessarily part of Star Wars canon. Right. Well, of course. I mean, you wouldn't want them to be, right? Like, well, I mean, there's if you're giving somebody carte blanche just to do whatever. Like, see, that's the thing. I, I there's definitely two approaches, right? There's an approach where you go to these anime studios and you're super strict and you say, like, look, this has to fit into Star Wars. You know, these are the time periods you can work on, the subjects, the characters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. And not that that wouldn't have the potential to be cool. But in my mind, if you're going to go and do Star Wars anime, like I think you got to go in and just respect the creators, give them the keys to the kingdom, and let them run wild with it. Like that's more interesting to me than going to these studios and being super strict and restrictive about what they're allowed to do, right? That doesn't sound like a creative, encouraging environment, right? Well, that sounds like a pruning adventure, right? And you want to grow something, but you're going to prune it and trim it as you go. Like, why not give the creator the license to grow as he sees fit? Yeah, I just, I, I think with this project specifically, I think you really do want to take more of a hands-off approach. Like, why go to all these amazing Japanese animation studios and put them in a box. You know what I mean? Like contain yeah, them. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Like for this project specifically, they're doing exactly, I'll, I'll be honest with you, what I want to see. I would right. much rather them just let them do what they do and set it in the Star Wars universe. And the less restrictions, the better, right? Absolutely. And, 
to me, that's what makes it exciting. I'm like, let's say, you know, in a couple of years, we got a whole, like a brand new series, not like this, this short film format. Like, let's say we got a series that was done by one of these animation studios. If they wanted to make that fit into canon and work alongside this studio and, and sort of craft it that way, that's fine. I, I would be totally down yeah. with that. But in this format, short films, unconnected short films that are just sort of celebrating Star Wars and, and anime smushed together, fucking sign me up. I absolutely could not be more stoked. Um, so real quick. This is what I've been waiting for for a long, long I time. I know, man. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show before how we were fans of things like the Animatrix and... Um, what was it called? Halo Legends, the Halo Legends, the animated um, anthology movie that they put yeah. out, and then there was a Batman, Batman one. one. Mm-hmm. There was a Batman one that was pretty rad, um, and and how cool it would be for them to do that in Star Wars. And this is essentially what that is, right? Yeah, absolutely. In That's fact, absolutely what this is. Uh, a couple of the studios involved in this worked on. <laughs> All three of them, like there's, there's been, there's studios in this list that have worked on the Halo project, that worked on Animatrix, that worked on the Batman uh, thing. So, you know, it's clear. Which is I, what you want. Right. You want people that have done this. Is <clears throat> Bones Studio one of them? No, Bones. Bones surprisingly Bones wasn't. Bones isn't in this round? No. <clears throat> so what I'm hoping is that this comes out, What there's two things I'd like to see come from this. I'd like to see this come out and be super successful for them. And then, you know, maybe, I don't know about every year, but every couple of years, maybe we get another Visions. Like, you know, maybe in a couple of years we get Star Wars Visions too with a whole new um, set of stories and, and mix in some new studios and stuff. And right. like I was talking about earlier, I would love, love for one of these studios to break out and get their own full series eventually. Uh, I can't tell you which one I'd like to see get their own series until we see visions, right? right? So they announced seven different studios working across nine shorts. Now, originally I thought it was supposed to be 10 shorts. So I was wondering, did they leave one off the list? Is there a surprise one? But I think I actually figured it out when I was doing oh, yeah? some research before the show. So we'll go through Boy. them real quick. Uh, we have Kamikaze Duga working on The Duel. We have Gino Studios doing Lop and Acho. Studio Colorido doing Tatooine Rhapsody. That's the one in the um, the presentation that they sort of mentioned as being like a rock opera Star Wars. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to see that. I dig it. Then you have uh, Trigger Studio working on two shorts, The Twins and The Elder. Uh, then you have Cinema Citrus working on The Village Bride. Then you have Science Saru working on two different shorts, Akakiri and T.O.B. One. And then finally you have Production IG working on The Ninth Jedi. Now, Doing research on this, it seems like the ninth Jedi is going to be a two-parter. Okay, um, and that's where the tenth short comes from. So the ninth Jedi, it's 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 two different shorts with the same title. We'll go into a little more detail on that. Um, 
So, dude, one thing I'll say is uh, I think there are going to be some Star Wars fans who are maybe not as familiar with anime who are in for quite a wild ride when they tune in for this if they're not, you know, at least somewhat familiar because even in this presentation, right? Yeah. You watch it and you see how varied the different styles of animation and character design can be in anime. And it seems like this runs the gamut of different styles, right? Yeah. Cause, and that's what I was thinking. That's what you want. I would think that's what you want. Like, yeah, you want to see all of it. You don't want all of it the same. No. And, and like, you know, I think for a lot of people who maybe aren't as familiar with anime, like you say anime to them and they'll think maybe like, you know, what dragon ball Z, They'll think the one that they've seen or the one, you know, yeah. they'll think Naruto or yeah. Avatar or, you know. Yeah, stuff like that. They'll think of, the, but, you know, that is not, I mean, obviously those are huge. There are so many different flavors yes. of anime. Yeah, um, yeah. And and there's several that I'm sure that Star Wars will be avo- <laughs> avoiding and that's fine. That is totally oh, fine. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, buddy, I could not be more excited for this. Now, uh, I did look into some of these studios, like I said, to see what they had done in the past. And, you know, like I said, I, I didn't write them down, but some of them have worked on the Animatrix, the Batman. I can't remember what that that one was called. Halo it's Legends. It's called Gotham Knight. I think maybe? you're right. I think like you're right. K-N-I, Gotham Knight. And then Production IG, who's doing the Ninth Jedi, that's the studio behind um, Ghost in the Shell and the animated sequence from the first Kill Bill movie. So oh, uh, even if you haven't seen Ghost in the Shell, if you've seen Kill Bill, you've seen this studio's work, right? Um, and man, I can't wait. And it's coming out December 22nd. And they announced not only is that when it's coming out, they're all releasing at the same time. Which, on one hand, is like, I've really, I really enjoy the weekly release of Bad Batch and Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. And the Marvel shows. It gives me something to look forward to every week. And then as far as what we do, we can <laughs> adequately pay attention and discuss each individual episode. If they put all the episodes of Bad Batch out at once, like... And we just had to try and discuss the whole first season in one sitting. Like, that'd be kind of rough. Right. Um, Now, I'm pretty sure the reason they're doing this is because, you know, in a typical non-streaming format, I think this would have been sort of a a direct-to-video release, like those other three things we were talking about, right? Animatrix, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And the thing about those is, you know, none of these shorts are on those are really even the length of a regular animated TV show, right? Right. They and, and they vary in length. You can get some that are, you know, upwards of the 30 minute mark and you can get some that are maybe 10 minutes. So I think that's probably going to be the case with these. And that probably has a lot to do with why they're releasing it that way is. Because, you know, why release one 10-minute anime short and that's it for the week? And then next week, maybe you release 
a 15 to 20 minute one right right so um but yeah they um starwars.com actually did a, a really nice article that sort of summed up everything they went over in the panel mm-hmm. uh, and there's some in- interesting information in there um but i forgot what i was gonna say ah here we go <coughs> um so you know we we marked it already um or we mentioned it already star wars vision storytelling didn't have to fit into the timeline um we really wanted to give these creators a wide creative berth to explore all the imaginative potential of the star wars galaxy through the unique lens of anime we realized we wanted these to be as authentic as possible to the studios and creators who are making them made through their unique process and a medium they're experts at so the idea was this is their vision riffing off of all the elements of the Star Wars galaxy that inspired them, hopefully to make a really incredible anthology series, unlike anything we've seen in Star Wars before. Perfect. That, I love hearing that. That's personally what, what I wanted from this. What could be better? Right. Um, and, you know, they go over sort of how so many people at Lucasfilm are fans of anime and Japanese animation, so this was a big deal to them. And, you know, obviously, there's the connection with how much um, George Lucas was inspired by the Kurosawa films. So it's like this neat little full circle effect, right? Right. George Lucas, inspired by Kurosawa, these incredible period piece Japanese films, he's inspired by those uses that inspiration to make Star Wars and now Star Wars is being given to the hand in the hand given to these Japanese creators to do their thing. Um you know they sort of went over like how tough the production of this was done was because it was all done during you know COVID. So there was a lot of like work from home and trying to coordinate schedules and stuff. Right. Um you know they they go over um you know you know different uh aspects of each uh short you know like i said the rock opera aspect of tatooine um there's one that had like an astro boy droid type of person. yes yes um and then they talked about how trigger studios the twins and the El- uh elder sort of both play on two different aspects of well-known star wars ideas you know like the twins is is a story of two twins that are born into the dark side and how far the brother will go to save his sister and then the elder is all about you know the relationship between a padawan and his master and his master and they come across like a a villain like yeah. a strange villain or something <laughs> um that one excites me particularly just because of the way the Jedi and the Padawan were drawn. Uh, I thought that was very cool. And it may be the rock opera one that has the, 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 the bunny or cat like looking Padawan. No, that is, I think that's Akakiri. Okay. Well, that looks interesting too. Yeah. Um, and then this is what it had to say about, 
The Ninth Jedi, done by production IG, like I said, the studio behind Ghost in the Shell. Uh, the Ninth Jedi is an absolutely epic story, but it actually began as two separate shorts. One was set to be set in a time when Jedi have fallen into legend and need to come back as darkness threatens the galaxy, with the daughter of a lightsaber smith seeking out the Jedi and delivering their weapons. The other story was be to be told from the point of view of eight warriors coming together, learning if they are indeed Force-sensitive and can trust each other. Uh, ultimately, the, design, the decision was made to combine the stories into to achieve something on a grander scale. We brought these two tales together to create something really epic and special. Uh, okay, so that that answers the question. So it seems like the Ninth Jedi was originally going to be two shorts, and they combined them into one. So I was a little wrong about that. Well, it's going to be cool from the sound of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I am stoked. Cannot wait. Cannot wait on that. And then not only that, today we got, we talked about this in the past, that they announced sort of a tie-in novel for Visions called Star Wars Ronin. Uh, and we got the cover to that today and a little information on it. And I sent you that cover. You did. And, buddy, I'm a fucking fan of that. It looks awesome. You want to know what my favorite, I mean, obviously, this speaks to me. Like, I love, you know, traditional Japanese-inspired art. Um, but you want to know what really makes this thing pop for me? What does it? It's that motherfucking lightsaber sheath. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, the sca- I should have asked the scabbard because that's what I was going to... Oh. And it's interesting because, like, you know, it's possible technologically that there was a time, you know, that lightsabers existed but didn't have the ability to be drawn. Like, and when not in use, needed to be in their scabbard you know, as to control the power, kind of like a Cyclops shield. I love that idea. And, you know, honestly, uh, this is probably, you know, once again, this is probably not even really going to have any bearing on canon. So even if not, if they don't go that route, just that idea being explored in this, I think is cool. Um, That is cool. I agree. Oh, man, I think it really does set it off. Um, And so this... um, this book is coming in October, probably just shortly after Visions come out. And uh, it's by an author by the name of Emma Con- Candon. Emma Candon. And this is the synopsis. It's coming October 12th um, that they gave for it. A mysterious former Sith wanders the galaxy in this stunning Star Wars tale in an original novel inspired by the world of the duel from the Star Wars Visions animated anthology. The Jedi are the most loyal servants of the Empire. Two decades ago, Jedi clans clans clashed in service to feuding lords. Sickened by this endless cycle, a sect of Jedi rebelled, seeking to control their own destiny and claim power and service of no matter. Master. They called themselves the Sith. The Sith Rebellion failed, succumbing to infighting and betrayal, and the once rival lords unified to create an empire. But even an empire at peace is not free from violence. 
far on the edge of the outer outer rim, one former Sith wanders, accompanied only by a faithful droid and the ghost of a less civilized age. He carries a lightsaber, but claims lineage to no Jedi clan and pledges allegiance to no lord. Little is known about him, including his name, for he never speaks of his past nor his regrets. His history is as guarded as the red blade of destruction. He carries sheathed at his side. As the galaxy's perpetual cycle of violence continues to interrupt his self-imposed exile, and he is forced to duel an enigmatic bandit claiming the title of Sith, it becomes clear that no amount of wandering will ever let him outpace the specters of his former life. Let's go! Woo! Sorry, sorry, sorry. Got a little excited there. A little. Mm. I'm telling you, 2021 is... It's my year for Star Wars. Woo! I love be a good one. I love that concept. I love the yeah. concept of a former Jedi who during the Sith Rebellion became a Sith and then after the rebellion was over like just went out on his own Ronin style. Man, I can't wait to see that and read that. Man, if they don't do some sort of accompanying merch, like there better be figures and shit I can get for this, man. Mm, I don't know how well it'll be supported in that regard. If anything, what'll happen is it'll come out and people will hopefully really like it. And then all the licensors are like, shit, we should be doing stuff for this visions thing. Since we're speaking about anime, um, did you know that Netflix has the Gundam mobile suit? The new movie? The movies. Well, they have the new one, but they have the old ones as well that are like condensed versions of the series. Yeah, yeah. So I've actually been watching the original mobile suit Gundam in bits mm. and pieces. It's not one that I can watch a ton of. Ep- I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I was thankful that they put the movies on there instead of the series because the movies are a whole lot easier to watch. Um. So I've been going through the, I'm getting pretty close to the end. And then I did see that that new one's on there. Um, there's several of the Gundam series that I want to go through and, and catch up on, but I, I've never seen the original mobile suit Gundam all the way Mm -hmm. through. So I figured this was as good a time as any. Yep. Yep. That's something I would love to see if they do a second round, like a visions Two. give me big fucking, Star Wars robots. Ooh, ooh, I didn't even think about that. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. <clears throat> so, um, obviously. It, it would be like, a, do you remember the Samurai 7 anime? I do. Where Hanbei and uh, they're like taking out like whole ships, you know, mm-hmm. giant robots. It would be like Jedi doing that same stuff. That would be sick as shit. Oh, man. Yeah, I could get get real behind that um so um we talked about visions i'm really stoked for that the other thing that i'm obviously very stoked for this year is the book of boba fett and we got a little information on that nothing too crazy necessarily oh my god did you see boba fett in that yes 
Sure thing. Okay, I was just making sure because I yes. saw him and I was like, oh, oh, pause. Sort of like a little chibi take on Boba Fett. Well, I, all I could tell was like he was flying jetpacking right at you, like mm-hmm. he had his head up. That was all. That was just what I remember. Yeah, I mean, of course I'm excited to see Boba Fett. Of right. course. Anyway, book of Boba Fett. Uh, Tamora Morrison, our good buddy, uh, did a interview. End of the podcast. Yeah, I wish. Um, did an interview with the Express this week, talking about the book of Boba Fett, and in typical fashion, you know. He knows how to be a company man, play the game. He didn't give away too much. You know, they asked him if there had been any talk of a second season, and he said, you know, there hasn't been any talk yet that they'll, they're probably going to, probably waiting to see how things play out. You know, obviously I'm hoping um, that that definitely becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned, you know, that the show is essentially what we've kind of assumed. It's him and Fennec Shand together doing sort of a duo thing. Probably the biggest piece of information that came out of this, though, is that he kind of let it slip um, on who, on on some of the directors who have worked on the series, and he brought up uh, several directors that we're super familiar with because they worked on The Mandalorian, and that's Bryce Dallas Howard, obviously Robert Rodriguez, um, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau. He mentioned nice. the four of them as all having directed episodes. Um, I'm really hoping Rick Famuyiwa also got an episode. That would make me very happy. Um, but yeah, interesting. We're, you know, it's still a few months away, but it seems like we'll be getting little bits of information here and there. I'm um, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it a lot too, buddy. Obviously, they got an amazing directorial crew. In their back pocket, old Lucasfilm. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that crew has done such a good job with The Mandalorian that it makes a lot of sense that they would then, um, you know, transition to working over working on the Book of Boba mm-hmm. because this, I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but it kind of seems like maybe the Book of Boba is going to be sort of a bridge between seasons two and three of The Mandalorian. Um, because it's it's still going to be a little bit before we get the third season of The Mandalorian. In right. fact, you know, I think we'll probably see Cassian and Kenobi before that. Um, but I don't think we'll see the Acolyte. And I don't think we'll see, um, you know, like the Lando series and other stuff like that beforehand. But Right. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> so before we move on to talking or hearing from our buddies or Blue Harvest buddies, uh, what'd you think about this week's uh, episode of The Bad Batch? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, you get to see how intelligent. I mean, you know. Uh, oh, you know, Omega is smart, right? Uh-huh. Maybe maybe even on an enhanced level, but this just shows off just how smart and advanced she really is. Uh you know, strategically, intelligence-wise. Yeah. Um I really liked this episode. Like I did too. There was something just something about this episode I really liked and you know, I I feel like I've seen a little bit of discussion 
that you always see with this the fucking Star Wars TV stuff is like, oh, this episode was filler. But I I don't really feel it like it did something in this episode that I anytime they've done it in the Bad Batch so far, I've been immediately fascinated with. And that's the whole idea of showing us the transition between the Republic and the Empire, right? Right. I love seeing that stuff. I love seeing that stuff go down and So we've seen it a couple of times already, you know. Um, but this, I feel like this episode really leaned on that idea, and I dug it. Like the whole concept of um, the leader of this planet not wanting to sign everything over to the Empire and sort of pushing it back against them, and then which the, had even been a separatist planet. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Even, and that goes even deeper because when the Bad Batch are tasked with getting him off that planet, like they have this, this, um, you know, debate about it because not that long ago, this was who they were fighting against. Right. And then the whole idea of like, well, yeah, you were fighting against them, but right now you and this guy have the same feelings about the empire. Right. You guys don't like the empire and neither does this guy. So, the Palpatine basically used the Empire to prove the Confederacy right. You know, about it's clearly not in your best interest to have this Empire govern you, right? Like totalitarian fascist regime, regime. like, you know, it's yeah. not a good idea. You proved the separatist right. Yeah. And I really liked that approach. I thought that was really cool. Like the twist of making the guy they got to, to, they got to go save like the leader of a, a formerly separatist planet. Yeah. I, uh, that's well done. That was well done. Yeah. Uh, and I loved the Omega stuff, the stuff with, um, Omega he- hanging out with Sid. And mm-hmm. then, uh, Sid finds out she's really good at, uh, Oh, hollow chest. Dejaric. I'm a bit of an acolyte of Dejaric. If you didn't know that, well, are you? Yeah. Are you good um, at it? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a bit of an acolyte. Um, so <clears throat> I thought that was really cool, and I love the fact that she basically paid off all their debt. Yeah, she paid off their debt, so now they can pick and choose the jobs they want. They're not; they don't have to say yes to everything because they're in debt. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So uh, I meant to bring. I brought this up on the Patreon show. I don't know if it stuck out to you as much, um, but in the Bad Batch, the 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 head of that planet—I can't even remember what his official title is. Um, it's like a senator or something. Yeah, but his fucking voice—the voice actor that they chose—I um, thought was so good. I was about to say good on point. Just something about his performance. Yeah, I'm trying to find... It's somebody you're going to be familiar with. It's a guy from Star Trek. Is it really? Yeah. It's not Jonathan Frakes. No, no. Um, Shit. Fuck my nuts. What is it? Wow. <laughs> Man, I should have had this pulled up before now. Michael Dorn? 
No, no, buddy. It's it's not it's not like it's not, it's not the big ones. Mm mm. Shit. I'll have to find it later. It's a guy from. So his name was Senator Singh. Or, right? Uh, Avi Singh. Avi Singh, I think. Yes, Avi Singh. Man, hold on. I got you, buddy. I figured it out. He plays Dr. Julian Bashir on Deep Space Nine. Oh, Dr. Bashir. Yes. Oh, sorry, that took so long for me to figure out. That's all right. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't notice that. He's in that. Game of Thrones. He is. Yes, he is. You're right. Like I, as soon as I, um, as soon as I saw who did the voice, I was like, oh, okay, I, I recognize him from Star Trek, but I couldn't remember the character's name because I'm not, you know, super versed in all things Star Trek. My dad would be very disappointed with me he would be disappointed in you master master <laughs> burkhart would be very grumpy if he realized i didn't remember dr bashir but yeah man i thought it was i thought it was solid i I feel like um you know while it maybe didn't do the big crazy stuff that previous episodes did it did serve its purpose in the overall story right it moves care uh Omega's character forward, forward even more, wipes out their debt, and it has the Bad Batch crew sort of come to terms with this whole idea of like, maybe the Separatists were, were right, right. I mean, yeah, I, I thought so too. It was also a tasty little juicy taste of, you know, little subterfuge, mm -hmm. little stealth. It's the stuff you can't really get done with Omega, right? Like, Omega is not a stealth-trained soldier, right? She'll get there, um, and, and, you know, she's an addition, obviously, but you don't get to see that unless she's not, you know, on the mission. Hand signals and, like, taking out multiple tanks. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought Stunning, the... you know, stun guns flying everywhere. Yeah, I thought the, um, the stuff against the tanks was good. I did think it was funny that they pulled the Rocky Three ending. You remember the ending to Rocky Three when... Um, Apollo and Rocky go to have like their friendly spar in the gym and they're like talking a little shit and they go to hit each other and it, it freezes. Freeze frame. Yeah. yeah. They kind of did the Rocky three ending with uh, Omega and Hunter's Dejaric You're right. You're right. game. I was like, oh, they did the Rocky three. I mean, we all know Omega one, right? But of course, um, she's going to be on, you know, She's gonna be on missions from now on. That that assumption will be that she won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. And you know, like this show has been a lot of like special guest appearance of the week, and I've enjoyed that. I've I've loved seeing, you know, who shows up: Rex, Cad Bane, Fennec Shand, so on and so forth. That's been a lot of fun. But I think this episode really goes to show you that you also don't need that. That these characters are awesome enough on their own to go off on their own adventures without like some super special guest appearance as well. Absolutely. So absolutely. I also like, um, I like that the bar regulars are becoming more endearing, uh, you know, giving Sid a hard time about giving Omega crap. Oh, that look that the authorian and the other guy give her after she sort of dumps on Omega. Yeah. They're like, come on, mean grandma. Yeah. They give her this look like, 
bro, that's fucked up what you just said to that kid. I loved that part. That was tough titties, Grandma. <clears throat> All right, you want to uh, hear from some moisture farmer buddies? Yeah. No, let's jump into it. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All righty, first up, we got a voicemail from our buddy King Tom. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. So I saw the Visions trailer, and my first reaction was like, I bet this is what Haas has been waiting for. I mean, I know <laughs> he's been waiting for the Book of Boba, but like to get two things like that that are right up your alley, oh that, that are Star Wars, that's pretty cool. And then we got the, um, you know, a short little introduction paragraph, not introduction, but preview paragraphs of Ronin, uh, which is coming out in... Uh, what this fall and I think that looks awesome you know does it really matter if something like that is canon or not what do you think about like stories that like older stories and I think they tried and told these with those fairy tales and horror stories um, anthologies except to be honest with you they weren't any good but stories that are told of like generations past not high republic where we're getting the stories but like stories that are told by people and because it's been passed down from generation to generation you know it might not be right or not what do you guys think about something like that you know where the it's a cool story but it doesn't necessarily count because we don't know you know it all depends on the person the storyteller's point of view um it's a really cool thing they're doing and i'm glad they're doing it and i'm sure you guys are talking about it too thanks a lot for listening i'll talk to you later i'm telling you king tom has the shining did you hear how he started that off i was about to say Every time, talk man. About, talk about everything we've already talked about. Right? Well, I, I, he brings up a, a cool, like, I think that is a really cool approach to take, especially with uh, the book, right? With Ronan. With the animated shows, like, you know how I'm a, uh, uh, a, 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 how I intend to approach that? I intend to get lifted, watch it, and have a blast, right? Yeah, right. And fucking soak up. Star Wars anime with the book the concept that this is a ancient Jedi story from the way way past like even even further back than say like the old Republic stuff and the idea that it's such an ancient story that's been passed down through time that it's become a legend and and things have been you know embellished or changed or aren't correct 
Like I think told that's differently between different cultures, but right. the same story. Right. I think that's a wonderful way to approach that. If you want to read this Ronin novel and want it to be, you know, quote unquote canon, that's how you approach it in my mind. Imagine it as like the Iliad. Yes. You know? Yes. Think of it as like like a story that would be in the ancient Jedi text that Luke Skywalker story of has. King Arthur. On Octu. You know, a story that there's not like, you know, hologram footage of that was was passed down in written form. That's how far back it goes back Gilgamesh in the and Beowulf. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love that. Man, I love that. <clears throat> All right. Um, who are we gonna hear from next? Let's see. Uh let's hear from our buddy Sean Hoffman. We haven't heard from him in a little while. He said it seems like he might have a it says oh my goodness oh my goodness he says oh, oh my do you God. ever suffer from random bouts of backside leakage oh my God. is your cutter just not cutting it anymore if so you should try alkalite alkalite 420 milligrams is the solution to all of your body plumbing problems skid marks try alkalite sudden arrival of an unexpected baby turtle try alkalite Family friend took you to the sketchy Sonic down the road and you didn't have the nerve to tell them that the food there isn't that great these days? Try Alkalite. Don't just take it from me. Let's hear some reviews from other satisfied customers. Um, as a believer in the fandom menace, I'm constantly bombarding people with my shitty opinions. One day, my hot wife's boyfriend told me to try Alkalite and I uh, obviously obeyed. My life hasn't been the same since. I have friends again. I shaved my neck beard. And uh, I really turned my life around. Uh, thanks, Alkalite. <laughs> wow. Let's hear another. I tried the peach knee high flavor, and it really works. Peach Compelling. How about one more? Sheesh! With testimonials like these, how could you say no? Don't live your life in fear. Try Alkalite. Found anywhere toilet paper is sold. Alkalite. And now, back to Blue Harvest. <clears throat> Right. Uh, all right. I dig it. <laughs> okay. Alrighty then. Let's see what you did there, Sean. Let's see what you did there, Sean. Yeah. Can't fucking wail on the guitar. Yeah. I poop my pants. Yeah. I mispronounced the word acolyte. Because I got a speech impediment and a Mississippi education. I was raised in the Mississippi education system. I yeah. see what you're doing here, Sean. <laughs> see what you're doing here and you and the, the, you got some motivation from a certain fucking blonde stud who's immensely talented at anything he wants to fucking do. Fucking, uh, oh, he wants to do a podcast. Oh, it's fucking great. Oh, he wants to. Fucking play guitar and shred on the fucking flying V. All right. I get it. I get it. You broke my heart, Sean. Broke my heart. I, I just pooped. Taking it too hard. I just pooped myself again. I, <laughs> I, I pooped myself sitting, out of sadness. Sitting in poop. So I got to sit here in my own filth and take this from my buddy, Sean. I guess so. I guess so. Acolyte. 
All right. Uh, next up, we got one more voicemail and two emails. Uh, this is from Mr. 100. Kobe. Kobe. Hey, Haas and Will. It's your boy, Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100, coming at you with another voicemail. Um, got a really fun question for you guys this week. Um, but you probably noticed that I sent in um, hit a voicemail at about Friday at like 3 in the morning uh, last week. Um, let's just say that my good friends, uh, Dr. Ivazan and Panda Baba, took me out and to the old cantina and gave me one, two, six too many shots. And uh, I decided at like 3 in the morning I was going to send my response or my question in for the next week's episode after listening to uh, episode 307. And I listened back to it. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it's not like I was, you know, incoherent or anything. But I decided, yeah, I'm going to scrap that one, go with a more pleasant uh, voicemail this week. So here is my question. So I've recently been house shopping a little bit. Um, I am trying to get out of my apartment and do some big boy stuff. And I've been looking around, you know, see what's going, see what we got around. And, um, um, you know, normal people probably look at a house, you know, they get the pictures of the house and whatever, and they look at it and they go, oh, I like the kitchen or, oh, I really like the, you know, I like that it's, you know, whatever. It's got all the fixings or, you know, whatever normal people like, you know, like my girlfriend will look at it and be like, oh, I like the living room. I like the new flooring. And, and then I'm sitting there looking like, hmm, what's the basement look like? Is it, is it nice and open? Like, does it got shelf space? Is there a spot I can, you know, mount a big TV or something? Because, like, I'm a nerd, right? And my, my big dream of the house is to be able to have uh, a man cave. Um, and they'll have all sorts of stuff, obviously. Um, anywhere from Star Wars to a um, big football guy, uh, you know, music, posters, all that, all that kind of stuff. So thinking about that got me wondering. If you guys, I'm going to lay out a little scenario here for you guys to ponder. So say that you um, just got a brand new job, right? And you had to move away, so you had to buy a new house. Um, since you were willing to move, your your uh, the company you're now working for has offered to give you a big sign-on bonus. It's all, you know, first day, you get it all of it. Um, and it's, and it's a large sum of money. I'm not going to put an exact amount to, you know, make you go over or under your budget, but it's, it's a very large sum of money. We'll just say, for example, like 10 grand, but it, you know, it can be a little more, a little less, whatever. It's, it's a decent ch enough chunk of change that you can go out and buy some neat stuff to put in this man cave in your new house. Your house has a big open basement. Um, it's, you know, it's like probably a good living, like a nice size living room. Um, and it's, Basically, you have three open wall or three walls that are just you know empty walls. You can do whatever with them, shelves or you know whatever. Um, and and it's and it's big. And you don't have to do any like you know construction work to it. You don't have to do any electrical or any data or anything like that. Um, it's you know that's that stuff's all done and it's mostly furnished. Um, this is just the money that you have is for you know you to buy stuff to put in it or to buy things to put your stuff on that kind of stuff um so what would you guys do give me kind of like a little bit of a you know fantasy layout of your ultimate man cave and like i said it doesn't have to be star wars it can be 
be Star Wars stuff. It can be Marvel stuff. It can be other pop culture movies, TV shows. Um, it could be like props from stuff. It can be whatever, you know, music, whatever. Um, I think what I would do is I would have, I would obviously have like uh, a little bit of a home theater set up with a big projector or just a really big TV, probably a projector. Um, that way I can watch all my favorite Star Wars movies and, you know, nice, like, like you ever seen like the home theater setups with the nice, like reclining chairs with the, you know, they, you know, the, the, those really nice home theater setups. I would do one of those, uh, like I watch football on the weekends and then uh, just the whole way around, I would have, um, anywhere I could put it, I would have shelves and glass display cases of all my, you know, action figures, my Lego, my, you know, all sorts of stuff, Star Wars and, you know, I'd have movie posters and mute band posters and all that stuff i think uh, would be really cool to set all that up um let me know what you guys think maybe in a little more detail than i did um just kind of said that to save time but um yeah what would you guys do and don't hold back so all right have a good one peace out all right well what would you do in my man cave there would be a section for entertainment like you said I'd do a big TV, big ass TV. I'd get a a new Xbox Series X. I would uh, I'd probably put all my DVDs on display. I, I like my collection of DVDs, my anime DVDs, and all my my cool superhero DVDs and shit. And uh, and one wall would be for displaying of like my old school toys. Like my old school oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles, some Power Rangers, Star Wars toys, um, just the old stuff, you know, it would go up on the wall, the nostalgia stuff. Uh, and like, of course, like my old Nintendo console and stuff, you know, all the old school gaming stuff. And then uh, I would have big ass speakers, like big fuck off speakers, like speakers that you basically couldn't use unless you were the only person in the house because mm-hmm. everyone in the house would hate you. And uh, and I would play real loud music on those big ass speakers. Nice. If I could, one wall would just be all like windows. Like if it's if it's like just the bottom level of a house, like windows onto a porch. Uh, if it's like a basement, basement, like that's fine. Like. Yeah, my so I would have a um a Han in, in carbonite. Oh, it, it would either be the coffee table or the fridge. Odds are the fridge, but the Han and carbonite would be crucial. Yeah, you did get, I, I did I? Yeah, well, I just want a replica. Totally ruin it? No, yeah. you didn't ruin it. I would love a replica Han and carbonite, but one of the really nice ones that has the light up panels on the side. That oh, looks, nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So like if. <clears throat> If I had a basement, my dream basement um, set up would be, you know, I would like to at least have two rooms, one pretty large and then one smaller side room. The side room would be the Blue Harvest slash High Potion studio room. I would love a room that I could just, you know, fully deck out, do all the soundproofing, the soundproofing foam, and just have my stuff set up and ready to record whenever right uh and then the main feature of the basement very similar to yours i've got a really badass tv right now it's like the nicest tv i've ever owned in my life so i wouldn't need a new tv 
My my kick ass LG OLED. That's making the trip to the new basement. <clears throat> um but much like I mean like the dream would be to, to just deck everything out and shell. I don't know that everything would require um nice glass display cases. You know, I definitely yeah. want a few of those for my hot toys and right. my vintage Star Wars stuff. You know, I do have stuff I'd like to keep um in in glass cases like the one I have that sort of sits behind me while I record. Um, and then everything else I could just have sort of regular shelving because I got a lot of Star Wars stuff. I'd like to be able to display that. And I also have, you know, a decent-sized video game collection now. Um, you have a wall full of comic books. Yeah. Yeah, King Tom just moved, and he started his own comic book wall, and it looks fucking sweet. Um, there's definitely, I know it will happen because I find myself looking at them online. I will get into the graded comic book game one day and I will buy, you know, a handful of issues that mean a whole lot to me. And what's funny about the issues that mean a lot to me, you're not talking about super expensive, rare issues. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're not even talking about the most well-regarded issues right like one of my favorite um sort of crossover events it's a x-men crossover event called fatal attractions and it is it's the storyline that sort of famously introduced the concept of magneto stripping the adamantium from wolverine's bones okay that's where that happened right and, you know, it's this big crossover event that went over across all the different X-Men related books, you know, X-Factor, X-Force, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Wolverine, so on and so forth. And all the covers had these little um, sort of trading card sized holograms on the front. Like one mm -hmm. was Wolverine, one was Magneto, one was Gambit, so on and so forth. I would love a full set of Fatal Attractions, you know, graded in the nice sealed acrylic. Those would be right. on the wall. Um, I know. watched a cool documentary on Prime, Amazon Prime, about the guy that kind of wrote Chris Claremont's X Men. Yeah, yeah, Chris. The, Claremont's oh, that is a That's fucking right. excellent documentary. It's a good uh, documentary. You know, I'd have a graded Spider Man twenty ninety nine number one. I'd have a graded um, copy of my first ever comic that I got when I was a kid, which was an ex, uh, issue of the X-Men <clears throat> with Psylocke on the cover. Um, so yeah, you're, you're pretty right about that wall of comics. That would definitely be a thing. Uh, and then I have a nice poker table. I have buddy. I have so much artwork that is not framed. I have a, a fair bit of it nicely framed and matted and stuff. But I have so much of it that I've been keeping flat or in poster tubes. Like right. that would be one thing would be finished framing and matting and displaying all that. Cause I've got some really cool stuff, but you know, like <laughs> there's some serious framing that needs to go on, you know, n not just star Wars. I've got most of it is star Wars, but I've got some, you know, some Spider-Man stuff, some X-Men stuff. I've got Tool show posters from when I went to see Tool that aren't framed and stuff. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so that would be another thing. I, it would be 
like combination pop culture art gallery, comic book store, home theater, recording room. All Sounds mixed like in. We'd there. have some cool rooms. And if I had, and, and if I got some huge sign-in bon- sign-up bonus, like he's talking about, the big expenditure would be either a full-scale Han and Carbonite replica or a Star Wars pinball machine. Mm. One of those two. All right, so we got two emails, and then we'll wrap it up, and then I've got to go take my nightly alcoholite. And uh, do some work while I wait for the Bad Batch to come on. All right, this is from Sam. He says, Howdy, Halls and Will. I hope you're both doing well, and I hope you didn't have any fireworks accidents over the weekend. So I know this podcast has at time been a Star Wars podcast, while at other times it's also been a Wizard of Oz, Little Guy in the Fridge, or Haunted Hotel podcast. At times, I know you're also a Harrison Ford appreciation podcast, so I thought I'd ask you fellas about the new Indiana Jones film currently in production. In this new indie film, what do you think he will be hunting for? What characters would you want to see in that universe, and which ones should never be seen again? Do you think Indy will die at the end of the film, or how do you want the film franchise to finish up? I know I'd love to see continued adventures, and if Disney's decided to do their own Disney Plus Young Indiana Jones series, I would not be sad at all. But what do you fellas think? Thanks for the great show and keep up the great wishes. Best wishes, Sam. Uh, he said, keep up the great work, not keep up the great wishes. <clears throat> Sean really threw me off with that fucking doo-doo ad. That, that you, ad don't, about, you don't like that? that don't oh, like I, that. look, I'm being facetious. I loved it. But I'm also not going to let handsome-ass Sean Hoffman step into my personal Thunderdome and, and make a doo-doo ad about me and how I mispronounced <laughs> Alkalite because... Some dude up in fucking St. Louis decided he wanted to rag on me about a podcast for a little while when he's all talented and shit. And my fat ass is wheeling myself around in a wheelchair and typing for 12 hours a day. All right. So like, yeah, you're going to step. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. I'll admit it. But you're too handsome to be picking on a dude like me, Sean. All right. That's what I'm saying. You got to find a handsomer target. Yeah. Yeah. Pick on someone your own handsome size. (laughs) that's what i'm saying all right all right um so i um i I don't really know what i want him to be going after right in uh the new indiana jones movie because that really is sort of this is gonna sound terrible anything will be better than the last one he i don't care i don't care uh, and um, see, Shia LaBeouf can stay the hell away from this movie. Now I agree with that. I could do without seeing Mutt Jones again. And I want to um, see Marion though, his mama. Now really that's what like I was going to say. As far as Indiana Jones' favorite girlfriend of mine. Well, as far as characters I want to see return, like I would have loved to see Marcus Brody. Obviously, that can't happen because the actor right. passed away. Um, but Marion is my number one. Marion yeah, is too. my favorite of the like love interests. They have the right. best chemistry, and she's the most badass. Probably because she reminds me of Jesse a little bit, if I'm being honest. I watched all four Indiana Jones movies recently, and there's a little bit of uh, Marion Ravenwood and Jesse McGarity, for sure. Is there? For sure. She's, she's def- a badass. Yeah. Um, 
So I think my number one would be Marion. That's who I want to see come back. I would really be interested in seeing Short Round again, but there's no denying that the portrayal of Short Round in Temple of Doom is mm, a little outdated, to say the least, nowadays. Yeah. So if you brought him back, you definitely don't bring him back in the same way, and obviously you wouldn't because he would be a grown man now. Um, John Reese Davies character? Sala, I could do without Sala. Really? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about John Reese Davies. I feel like maybe he's a bit of a dick. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I feel like I, I don't know why I feel that way, but there's something in the back of my head that says he's, like, he did something or said something that was a little dicky. Uh, I just remember them talking about when he was doing fight choreography on Lord of the Rings, like. They would be like, "Look, you're supposed to pretend like you hit these guys," and he would be like, "No." He would be, he would be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then they would film, and he would whack every single one of the stunt guys every time, as hard as he could. Yeah, I think I'm thinking maybe it's even worse than that. What I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm sure. It is. Um, I just that's the only. So thing I can remember. you know the MacGuffin, if you will, that they were going after in Crystal Skull. That was not right. the issue to me. I actually think no. that part is no, cool. no, no. Yeah, the crystal um, skulls themselves were cool. I just don't know enough about like artifacts, you know? Like they've hit the ones I kind of know about, <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant and the the uh Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. You know, what would be cool is if he was to me was if he was going after some sort of ancient Japanese relic of some sort. And maybe even uh, playing on the whole idea of like Oni and shit. I don't think that's the way they're going to go. There um, are several lost treasures. You know, oh, for sure. I just don't know um, what they are. The library at Alexandria burned down, mm-hmm. supposedly. But if you could find a cache of scrolls or anything from the library of Alexandria, <laughs> you know, that would be incredibly valuable. You know what I always thought was a cool concept that they did in the uh, the computer game back in the day was Atlantis. Oh, that's cool. That would you know that would have been cool in a movie, but it was used in that uh, video game, which is pretty kick ass to be honest. Yeah. I really like that old Lucas Arts video game, yeah. uh, and I would be all about you know. I one thing I'll say is I don't want them to kill indie at the end of this movie you know obviously this is going to be i think it's safe to say this will be harrison ford's last appearance as indiana jones but that even with that i don't think think he's gonna give it the old kill me just kill me no i i don't want them to do that um and if yeah if they decided to do some sort of disney plus young indiana jones show i could see i could see myself being pretty stoked about that too is Shia LaBeouf gonna be young Indiana Jones? No, no, man. Like, like young Indiana oh, young Jones. Young Indiana, I got you. Not, 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 not young not Mutt the Jones. Next Jones. No, no. I mean, what? like Indiana Jones in him's younger days. Not some sort of acolyte of Indiana Jones, but Indy himself as a younger man. The post River Phoenix days. All right. Um, next up, we got one more email, and that's from Utah. 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 Dougie. Dougie. Sorry it's been a while since an email. 
with a live action cast Bane, Cad Bane, what would you prefer? Live actor, CGI, or combo? The actor Jug Jones comes to mind when I think live action. Dougie. Um, personally, I'd like to see them take the combo approach like they did. I like the combo approach. Yeah. I think that leads to, you know, if the, results. the base is some sort of practical mask apparatus and then, you know, you animate the, fa- the face, um, I think that leads to the best results. Like, you know, Uncar Plutt style. And I th- I'm sure they did it with some of the aliens in The Mandalorian, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the approach I'd like them to take the most. And as far as casting, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't really know. Doug Jones, that's the guy who's like Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies, right? Mm, is he? I think so. Colin Thin. Yeah, the build-wise, he might fit it, but I don't really see his voice fitting. But you could always put that through some sort of effect and make it work, right? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Well, that does it for us tonight. Thanks for recording with me, my man. Oh, man, thank you for uh, having me on. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Oh, it happens. It's no big deal. Um, hey, guys, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review. It helps other people find our show, and uh, it really helps us out. We appreciate it. Uh, Speaking of shows, if you enjoy video games, you should check out mine and our buddy Steve's video game podcast, High Potion. We're five episodes in already. Six episodes coming out this Monday. People seem to be digging it. And you can find that on, you know, iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You should be able to find it, no problem. And speaking of Steve, if you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And that'll do us until next week when who knows what the fuck we'll be talking about. Um, Maybe another personal Star Wars dream come true, hopefully. Who knows? Maybe I'll be on the mic next week talking about Will. You'll never guess what happened to me this week. I got motherfucking robot legs. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wynn. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.